Welcome to the Girl Get It Together podcast, a self-help podcast for cynics. Here are your hosts, coaches Jess Kay and Sadie B. Hello. Hi, Ladyface. Hey, how are you? I haven't seen you in a while. I know. It's been a while. Things have been crazy, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a good Mother's Day? I had a really good Mother's Day. It was so nice having my my girl here. Um, it's funny when she told me she was coming home for a couple of weeks. Um, I didn't realize that it was going to be during Mother's Day. Like Mother's Day is just so off my radar, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. so <laughs> it was like this lovely little kind of cherry on top. It was great. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? You had a big trip. Yeah, I went to visit my mom and dad and grandmother for Mother's Day. It was good. Um, <laughs> my, my travel experience wasn't fantastic. Um, but it was good to see my parents. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you had a good time together and yeah, yeah. They, they live in Florida. So got like a day at the beach and, um, you know, doesn't suck. ate a lot of fried food, which was really fun. Excellent. I had cake for at least three meals. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I approve <laughs> this message. It was really good cake. <laughs> Good on you. It was gluten-free. Hey, sometimes it's about feeding your soul, not your body. (laughs) But also about sugar. (laughs) Well, yeah. Also about getting high. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are we talking about today, Ladyface? Yeah. So um, as I mentioned, I had a really frustrating travel experience, and I think just Overall, lately, I've been having some like really frustrating experiences in life. And I wanted to talk a little bit about resilience and what that means, what that looks like, um, how to be resilient, because I feel like half the time I get it really right and the other half I get it terribly wrong. Um, (laughs) Yeah, well, (laughs) I think that's a great plan. I love this topic, actually. Awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. So um, I guess the first example of like resilience in my life lately, um, I think I mentioned before on here that I recently purchased a car or that I was about Mm -hmm, to purchase a mm -hmm. car and I just had a really, I don't know, maybe it's not a unique experience, but it was my first experience ever purchasing a car on my own. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you, have you done that before? I'm sure you have, but I have, yeah, I've done it twice and, Mm -hmm. and once got way more than I bargained for in the form of a stalker, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's a whole separate, that's a separate episode. (laughs) A story for another day. Um, but yes, I have, and I know that it can be a lot and, and I, I don't know for you, but as a woman, I think it's one of the most kind of vulnerable situations we can put ourselves in. Absolutely, which is insane, right? Yeah, it is. It's gross. It's a transactional experience. It's something, you know, I go to Target every week and I don't feel manipulated, you know, even though I am to some degree, but there is so much that goes along with it. And my experience with it was very much, um, I went into it thinking, all right, I'm not in a hurry to buy a car. I just know that I want a new car. Um, and I want to do this myself. I want to try to do this myself. The first time I, my first car was the car that I had previous to this car. Um, and it was purchased for me by my ex. 
-hmm. I had nothing to do with the process. So this was really my first time being a part of a car buying process. And I was very determined to do it all on my own, um, mm -hmm. almost as a challenge because I know that it's a notoriously difficult process. So right. I kind of went into it with a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. Um, I announced to my husband, I was like, I don't need help. Like I'm doing it myself. <laughs> um, you know, and immediately it was interesting because and maybe this was just my perception, but I, I, I want to hear kind of what your experience has been with it. But immediately it was like almost every male in my life suddenly didn't trust me to make my own decisions mm -hmm. and didn't think I was capable yep. of doing this. Just um, a wealth of advice coming at you. It's crazy. And it was like, like Indiana Jones and the boulder. Yes. And, um, people that I love, people that I respect, you know, and I'm sure. It was just like, wow, suddenly I am not being considered capable or, you know, having this ability to do this like mysterious thing, which is buying a car. Um, so that was the first thing that was very interesting about the experience. Um, I do want to say one thing about that, though, is that I think yeah. the perception of a woman buying a car has sort of become like an ingrained cultural image mm -hmm. and some of that I suspect was about fear and concern for you right but not you as Jess just mm -hmm. like you as this woman in this situation that we've all been kind of programmed to go oh yeah what's gonna happen yeah you know, what are they gonna what are they gonna pull on her she's gonna some get of that, I think I think some of that is like it's not personal some of it mm -hmm. is it's like almost everybody kind of has that programming right you know? that I makes totally sense. get why it's annoying I totally get it yeah it was just shocking I, I I've never by so many people been had the same feeling you know that they just didn't think that I could handle something um mm -hmm. so that was the first thing that was really interesting about it the second thing was really you know, going into the actual experience. I did a bunch of research beforehand. I, did, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos on, on what to expect. Um, but then actually going into the um, car dealerships and talking to salespeople, um, that was <laughs> just absurd. Like the amount of, con you know, how condescending they were. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, lying to you and tricking you and assuming you don't know anything. Um, mm -hmm. So that was the other experience that really, it really fueled me to, okay, I'm fucking doing this. I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to get a good deal. I'm not going to be taken for every penny that I have. Um, so it really <laughs> created this like toughness and anger and just um, determination in me. Yeah, yeah. The will to succeed. Yes. <laughs> Um, so this is like a three to persevere, week, if you will, perseverance, <laughs> this was like a three week process. And, um, over the course of three weeks, I spent about 12 hours in sales situations in okay. like a building with a salesperson in a car, um, test drove two cars. Each was, they were both the same car. I knew the car that I wanted. I knew the price point I wanted. Um, but every time I would get to that point where I was about to sign something and I wouldn't be happy, I wouldn't be comfortable with the situation. And so I would just walk away. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really difficult. You know, it's like they do a lot of things that make you feel stupid. They do a lot of things that make you feel guilty. Mm -hmm. um, they made, they, you know, did things where they made me feel like my um, my credit wasn't good enough or my, my trade-in wasn't good enough, like things to make me feel insecure. 
So there was just like a lot of tactics that I had read online that they would do. Um, long, long story short. Anyway, so I was explaining to my therapist that I felt so frustrated by this situation because it was just going on and on and on and I was obsessing over it. And I kept getting to that point and getting so angry and feeling like, fuck you, I'm not buying from you. Right. And so she finally was just like, you need to just go buy a car. She's like, you just need to go in there, decide you're buying a car, and maybe you're not going to get the best deal, but you just need to do it because it's driving you crazy. Right. Um, so I that night I went and I talked to my salesperson. I said, hello. I had like a little speech planned for him. I was like, look. I know the car I want. I know how much I want to spend. I don't care about features. Like I don't want to test drive it. Let's just look at pricing and we're going to do this. And I told him, I was, I was like, I don't want to be tricked. I don't want to be tricked by you because I've been tricked by people this entire time and I don't appreciate it and I'm not stupid. Um, so he was just, yes, ma'am. <laughs> he went on <laughs> the car I wanted and was like, all right, here it is. Um, and that all went really well, but then they brought in the, like, financing guy. Oh, the finance guy. I did not expect the financing guy. I thought I had Mega gotten dude. past the one big boss, but then the mm. big, big boss came in, you know, like the yeah. the unexpected guy. So, uh, yeah, he – I was there for four hours, three and a half, four hours. Um, it was 1030 at night before I got home. He did this insane, like – cup trick where you watch the ball and figure like you're trying to figure out which cup it's in you know with his words yeah. he just completely confused me and when I got home I felt very uncomfortable with what had happened and I had my new car and I was like oh fuck I did exactly what everybody thought I was gonna do I got taken for every penny I had um and I was completely overwhelmed. And so I was just, you know, I got on the internet and I was reading everything about it. And I read my entire contract three or four times. And I was like, fuck, I really fucked this up. I messed it up. And um, I got really down on myself because I had been working so hard and had been fighting so hard for all this time and fighting against people and trying to prove myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And so. I decided, no, fuck this. I'm not going to let this be the end of it. I'm going to march in there tomorrow morning and demand that they change this back to what we originally agreed to. I fucking love you so much. <laughs> so I put on my, as I will describe it, my bitchy costume. So yes. I put on like a really tight black dress, yes. black heels, put my hair slicked back, um, marched in there at 9 a.m. on a Saturday and the guy, the finance guy was like, uh, are you going to work later? And I was like, nope, this is just how I dress. Mm -hmm. um, who I am. I'm that bitch. Who I am. And I said, look, you did some tricky stuff last night that I don't appreciate. We're going to look at this contract and we're going to rewrite it. And sure enough, we sat down. We tore up the old contract. We found me a new, like, financing percentage and everything. Um, wow. I ended up saving myself $8,000. Oh, my God, girl. So all of this to say that I really learned a lesson in resilience for myself mm -hmm. that night and that morning because I found myself so down and so frustrated and overwhelmed by what had happened 
But instead of just giving in and saying, well, I guess this is just how it's going to be. I said, fuck that. And I walked in and I got what I wanted. Um, so that was one thing. That was my win. I was very proud of myself. That's amazing. You should be proud of yourself. It's a a victory for women everywhere. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I'm probably going to make some video at some point that explains like all the things that they Oh, fuck yes, you should. That's amazing. As a person who works in user experience, the user experience around buying cars is absurd. Like I look at it from that point of view and I'm like, okay, you're bringing me a bottle of water with a pink label on it. Like that, even that is like a mental thing, but that's a story for another time. Um, But then a week later, I'm flying to see my mom and dad and my flight gets canceled and it gets delayed. And then my baggage gets lost. And then I get stranded in Houston for the night. And then I have to get up at 4 a.m. to go to work the next morning because I have to fly from Houston to Austin. And I forgot all of those lessons I had learned about Mm -hmm. figuring things out and being resilient and making the best of things. And I, I was a complete asshole, complete asshole. I had totally like yelled at some people. I was not a nice person. And I just thought it was a really interesting juxtaposition of, you know, one really, really stressful situation. And I came out on top and was like really good and really proud of myself. And then another one that was really stressful that was completely out of my control. And instead of acting gracefully and taking it with a grain of salt and, you know, looking for the good, I was just a total dick about it. Um, And, you know, in the end, I didn't get anything good out of it, you know? Right. And then you feel shitty about it and, and you're exactly. beating yourself up about it. Sure. No, I get it. Believe me, yeah. I have more <laughs> of those than I do of ones I'm proud of. Yeah. Um, I would say, though, like you had this incredible experience of practicing resilience and really mm-hmm. kind of testing your 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 will, right? Right. Um, and that doesn't mean that you forgot it. It just means that you didn't know how to adapt it for a situation where you were under like immediate duress. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You know what I mean? Because it is a different thing. It's a different emotional wavelength that you're on in that Mm -hmm. moment. It is so stressful to be so exhausted. Mm -hmm. Traveling sucks anyway. Airports are awful. Airport (laughs) airport employees are like the most abused people on the planet. So they're not very nice. Can't blame them. But it's still hard to interact in that, you know, space. Mm -hmm. So I would give yourself a little bit of leeway just as like now you have something to draw on in that realm right if you in encounter a situation where you feel that kind of stress again now you have a reference that you're you were conscious enough to to kind of make a, a marker of if that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah now when you're in that situation you can go I remember how I handled <laughs> this last time when I felt this way and this is what I didn't like and this is what I wanted to do different so I'm going to practice that now right it's just about being super, super conscious. Mm-hmm. And being super conscious is incredibly hard when you are under duress. Yes. So you are in any kind of like emotional, stressful turmoil. Yeah. It's so hard. It is. And I think that's maybe the point I, I was so frustrated because I was like, oh, you know, I had this great moment of resiliency, but I wasn't able to step back in the moment and figure mm-hmm. out where can I can I improve? And so that's why I got kind of curious about resiliency this week and was like reading up on it and thinking about like, well, what are the steps you could take if you do find yourself in that situation? What can you do to say, take a step back and say, you know, oh, I recognize that this is not where I want to be. 
um, what are the things you can do to then be where you want to be, or at least be in a better mindset from um, where you started or where you ended up? Totally. Yeah. And I want to, can we just pause for a second, just for people listening, I want to kind of give a really concise definition of what resilience is. Um, just to, to start off, um, resilience is actually, it's, it's a learned behavior. It's not something that somebody's either born with or they're not born with. It's mm-hmm. actually a skill that you develop over time through adverse situations. And it is about the ability to adapt and bounce back when you are faced with, you know, extreme stress, like we talked about, Mm -hmm. Uh, tragedy, trauma, um, relationship problems, financial issues, health problems, whatever you can imagine as being like a really heightened, um, emotional, draining, stressful situation, your ability to lean into that situation, not run from it. So a Mm -hmm. little bit of, um, oh my God, what did we talk about last week? Uh, radical acceptance. Holy crap. My brain just completely left me. (laughs) Practicing radical acceptance. You are completely aware of the situation. You're being honest about the situation. You are being honest about what you can change, what you can't change, Mm -hmm. taking action towards making the steps that you can control and learning to bounce back. And these are those moments people say like, you know, it it, it knocked her down. She came back stronger than ever. Mm -hmm. That is resiliency. So, okay. That's all I want to say. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love that definition because it really isn't about bouncing back to where you were before. It's about moving forward with new skill sets, new outlooks. You know, it's not about just saying, okay, well I got through that hurdle. Now I, here I am exactly the same place. No, it's about being stronger than ever. Like you said. Um, and you know, really dealing with those challenges head on instead of just dealing with aftermath and kind of cleaning up. Yeah. And so you're actually developing um, beliefs, thoughts, and actions Mm -hmm. that you can draw on when you are in a situation where you are struggling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, the belief that it's not just one step at a, it's, you know, it's one day and one step at a time. It's not just going to improve one day, but you're like taking action at that moment to improve things. So. um, Right. And also I think some of this too is, it's like a state of being. It's how you approach life. Mm-hmm. My friend Heather says, uh, change is the only constant, which mm-hmm. I love. And that's yeah. true. Like we are always going to face adversity. It's, it's not optional, right? right? Adversity will find you. That's just being a human on planet earth. So it really is about developing an approach to life where you are accepting of the fact that adversity is a natural part of life and you're willing to deal with with it and continue on and continue to move forward and improve yourself through mm-hmm. that process. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the opposite of that would be feeling like a victim and absolutely you know, martyrdom, I, martyrdom, being an asshole. Like I was, you know, yeah, <laughs> um, really just giving into it. Yeah. Just giving into the anger, giving into the frustration and not looking for where is my part in this and where can I, can I make things better? So, well, cause you can think about emotional resiliency, like, um, like physical fitness, right? Mm-hmm. Like you start out weak, it hurts, it's really hard to, to get through, you know, a workout, like 20 minutes feels like forever. You know, you keep going a little bit every week and you improve and you get stronger and you get stronger mm-hmm. and then eventually you can push yourself really hard before you have the pain and the exhaustion and, the, and that feeling of like, oh God, I want to stop yeah. that you had in the beginning. So emotional resilience is, is really 
like that. Mm -hmm. It's building a muscle. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Um, so I have some tips that I kind of just, as I've been researching this this week, have come up with, and I wanted to see kind of what you thought about them and if you had anything to add to them. You know but, I do. Of course. Talking <laughs> is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Lay it on me. What you got? Yeah. So the first one is, um, you know, realizing that you can't solve the problem with the same kind of actions and thoughts that created the problem in the first place. So love that. Yeah. Yeah. You can't make the same mistake over and over again and expect a different result. Um, so one way to do this is really taking a step back and looking at why things happened the way they were, why they didn't work and trying to approach it from a different angle. Um, that's a really good way to start pretty much any process or project or anything that's going on in life for real. Yeah. Um, mastering your emotions before they master you. Uh, <laughs> this is I where laugh. I failed. That's, oh boy, me too. I got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, resilient people, people that are, are practicing resilience, they have a positive outlook. And that's not to say that they're deluded into thinking like, oh, everything's going to be fine and everything's great. But, you know, reminding yourself that the situation you're in right then is temporary and um, the way that you approach it and the way that you react to it is not only going to have a huge impact on the outcome, but, you know, that's the only thing you can control usually in yeah. most situations. For sure. Um, for sure. So Keeping it in on, perspective. Yeah. yeah focusing yeah. on what you can learn from it. And uh, looking for your own meaning in, in what's going on. So, you know... Looking for the why, um, helping it, connecting it to your sense of purpose and what it means for you. Sure. Getting some perspective on it. So that sense of like, what is the lesson, mm -hmm. right? Like, okay, all of this shit is happening. My life is burning down around me. What is it? What is the lesson? What am right. I, what am I supposed to be taking from this that I can then build on and grow on? I think that's yeah. a totally empowering way to approach something that does feel like, you know, you're sinking. Yeah. Well, and I will say like my biggest pet peeve is when something horrible happens and people say, well, everything happens for a reason. Um, I think that's bullshit. I think that's bullshit. But I think that we can choose mm -hmm. to find something in it that's useful that we can use to grow. Right. Personally. Right. And I think I it's very emotional about that. I'm sorry. Well, no, it makes me angry. So people <laughs> say that to you. you. Yeah. People say that all the time. Oh, everything happens for a reason. I'm sure there's a plan. You know, it's a fucking cop out is what it is. It is. But also in that moment, it is for me to look for that reason. It is not for you to tell me that there's a reason. Exactly. It's um, dismissive yeah. of somebody's experience and it's a cop out. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people just want to feel their feelings mm -hmm. and maybe it's not the time yet for them to look for that reason and look for that why. So um, that's my little like soapbox for this episode. Is I love that it. You look good up there in your <laughs> tiny feet. You. Thanks. Don't tell people everything happens for a reason. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. It's not helpful. It's so rude. Yeah. And gross. <laughs> and you know? gross. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> so looking for your own meaning in things, not looking yes. for other people's meaning in things. Yes. And, and deliberately, like, how can this help me to grow and evolve? I mm -hmm. think is an incredibly powerful way to approach yeah anything like anything that is that is overwhelming and stressful because it does take away that sense of I have no control over this this mm -hmm. is this is totally something that's happening to me you know right, right. that victimhood mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah getting tough so you know 
kind of part of my big uh, ash. Uh, what is it? What is the bird? The bird that comes out of the ashes? My oh, phoenix, phoenix story. Yes. From the whole car buying experience it was I got home and I was like, well, shit, I totally did everything I said. Like, look what I just oh. did. But getting tough. So facing those fears and adopting that attitude that helps you focus on what are the possibilities for me? So, you know, putting on that bitch costume, like I said, mm -hmm. <laughs> getting out there, staying really focused under stress, um, that person's resilience. Now, you know, the opposite is true for what I did. I was very rude to some people at the airport. Um, I don't think getting tough and being rude are the same thing. I think that those are two separate things, but I totally agree. Yeah. yeah I think it's sometimes seems like maybe you're being tough, but you're just being a, a jerk. Um, it's well, it's almost like emotional body armor. Yeah. yeah. But it's not actually serving the situation. It's really just keeping you from having to feel maybe as scared or mm -hmm. as um, kind of vulnerable as you do in that situation. At least for me, I've noticed a lot of times when my bitch comes out like mm -hmm. really unnecessarily and inappropriately, <laughs> it's because there's something that's activating anxiety or fear mm -hmm. or something, some, you know, sense of not belonging or, or vulnerability, something it's, and it's not like you said, it's, it's not about, um, you know, helping the situation. It really is just, you're, you're just raging. You're just yeah. kind of being ugly and hateful, mm -hmm. but I think it is self-protection for a lot of people. Yeah. And I, you know, you think like how I was feeling at the time, I was feeling very put upon. I was feeling very uh -huh. frustrated and but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think those were all valid feelings at the time, but I think getting tough would have been, for me in the airport situation, would have been kind of, you know, dealing with things like an adult and, and not yes. acting like a total jerk about it. Um, you know, the way that I walked in in my bitch costume and it was like, listen, we're getting shit done. Um, I think that commanded more respect. And I think if I, I had gone in and was just like whining and bitching and being rude, yeah. I would not have gotten what I wanted. Absolutely. Um, I think it made a huge difference. And I think you make a good point too. It's like you have to, you said something, I don't remember exactly how you put it, but it was something about, you know, figuring out what your options are. Mm -hmm. And I think some of the, the, the art of resilience and, and, and standing up for yourself, we're specifically talking about kind of standing up for yourself and, and your ideals is oftentimes, you know, what are your options? And then having to do the thing that feels the hardest. Mm -hmm. And actually going through with it in a way that you feel in control of and good about like you did. I think that's yeah. incredibly hard to do. Yeah. I can't say that I would have looked at that and not been like, oh, God, I, just, I can't. I'm just going to suck it up and, and mm -hmm. spend all that money and be miserable about it for the remainder of the life of this car, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, you did the really hard thing. But I think that is oftentimes kind of the zen of this is like mm -hmm. stepping into that thing that it really doesn't feel good and it's very uncomfortable but it is the way to handle it. Yeah. And I think in that particular situation too, and this is just kind of a side note, but I, I went in tough. I went in with what I wanted, but knowing full well that I might not get it. And I made peace with that. Mm -hmm. I made peace with the fact that, okay, I could very well go into this and they could tell me to go fuck myself. And <laughs> I would not get um, the contract change that I wanted. And so I had already made right. peace with it. But I think, you know, looking at all the options that was looking at all the options. I was saying, here's the option that I would prefer. Here's the other option that might happen. And I'd be happy somewhere in the middle, but I need to understand that these are all of the options available to me yeah. and how comfortable am I with all of them? And at the end of the day, 
I had to be comfortable with all of them. Right. Um, and I think that that was a huge part of it was making sure that I was comfortable with that range. So you kind of took the pressure off a little bit. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually, and this is totally off the rails, but that's always my advice to people um, who are going through job interviews is take the pressure off of it. You know, realize that the one option is that you might get the job. The other option is you won't get the job. There's a range of options in between there. Um, And if you take all of the pressure off of that interview, you walk into it a lot more confident and ready and present. Um, So that's a huge part about being resilient as well. And, you know, those are stressful situations. Um, so making peace with all those options. I love that. Yeah. And then, um, understanding that failure isn't failing, but it's just not getting up and not trying again and, um, having the capacity to celebrate when you do win, but also, you know, growing from the times that you don't as well. Um, looking at the times when you didn't win and saying, what is the lesson here and taking that with you for the next time. yeah. So I think I, I was just really cool. I was really curious about resilience this week because I looked at these two situations I was in and I think in one situation I was like the picture of resilience and like did, I was very proud of myself. And the other one, I was very ashamed of myself and not yeah, happy with yeah. how I reacted. Um, and I feel for you because I have, I, I can't even tell you the number of times <laughs> those moments as a person with mental illness that was unchecked for a long time. Mm-hmm. I tell you, the list is long, but I do get it because there is real regret mm-hmm. that actually leads to sort of a hit on your self-esteem if yeah. you're not careful, you know? And I do think that one of the really important things about resilience is learning to trust your, your ability to handle things in a positive way, mm-hmm. trusting your ability to show up for yourself and be a mature and, you know, capable adult. Right. You know, it's, it's those, those voice in the back of our head that say, you know, I, I can't trust myself in this situation because I know I'm going to lash out and be a bitch if somebody challenges me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, you're not, you're not progressing at all. So I right. do think that resilience does involve bolstering your your belief in yourself, your self-identity and your self-worth. I think that's a part of this. Yeah. Yeah. And I can say next time I'm in that situation, which hopefully isn't soon because I am traveling soon. Um, I yeah, hope once is enough for this year. Yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> I really hope that the next time I'm in that situation, I'll have a little bit more compassion uh, for the people involved and, um, you know, I'll just go with the flow a little bit more. And uh mm. I think that I will because at this point I have reflected and <laughs> I've looked at where the lesson was and I can kind of see in front of me, like here are all of the options that might possibly happen. Um, yeah. And also I think, and I, and I, and I don't want you to discount this. Like now that you've had that experience, you do actually have like physical tells mm-hmm. of when you need to kind of snap yourself out of that and take a step back. And that's really important. Like you have to know what your triggers are mm-hmm. because if you don't, that's whenever we, we, we blow, right? Yeah. But you've had that situation, you know what that feels like, and now you have like kind of your little alarm system. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Yeah. And it, you will. I will. And you, if you think about it, you know, in, in context of all the stuff we've talked about with boundaries, a lot of my boundaries are being crossed. You know, financial boundaries for me were being crossed. Time boundaries for me were being crossed. Um, for sure. And it makes sense that I got so triggered because my money was wasted. My time was wasted. My day was wasted, you know. Um, all of those things that were boundaries for me were suddenly just like, bleep, somebody was not right. And also that them. sense of having no control yeah. of what's happening to you, mm-hmm. you know, and that really is like, 
you couldn't leave Houston. Like there's nothing yeah. you can do, right? Like you are stuck there. Like I get where that would just be so frightening on a, mm-hmm. on a level, you know, and not necessarily like, oh, it's Houston. I'm terrified I'm going to die. I mean, Houston's <laughs> terrible, but let's it's not scary. be overworked. Sorry, we love you, Houston. Don't hate us. Um, but that that sense of like not having control over your own sort of you know destiny and and mm-hmm. physical presence is that's that's hard. You yeah, know? yeah. But I hope next time I'm much more um, I don't know compassionate. And I think you will be. I think you will be. Yeah. I think the fact that you're so thoughtful about what happened and how you handled it and how you feel about it now, mm-hmm. of course you'll do better. Yeah. Well, and there'll you. be times when you won't, and that's okay, too. That's yeah. just, you know, it's not always perfect. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, resilience is interesting. It is something that I think people don't understand quite what it means, and I don't think that I even quite understood what it meant. And so I just found it really interesting this week. To research. I love that. No, I love that you shared those stories. It's so enlightening. and I And I think that resilience is – means something different to everybody based mm-hmm. on kind of your personal situation, your personality, just mm-hmm. sort of how you are emotionally anyway. Yeah. You know, yeah. for some people, resiliency is just not falling apart mm-hmm. anytime something happens. For some people, resiliency is I'm going to take this on head on mm-hmm. and, you know, try to steer the ship as much as possible. Like it's like with anything, it's a spectrum. Yeah. So I think it's a great conversation to have because it's, it's something that we should all look at. Like what is, what does resiliency mean to me and what do I need to do to start shoring that up in myself and being aware of the situations when I have it and when I don't kind of start learning what that means for me personally. Yeah. And I think too, it's been so interesting, you know, as we're, we're talking about all these different things and seeing how they all connect and, um, triggers and boundaries and resilience and stepping back and all of those things that we've talked about over the last, oh God, what is it? Five months. Um, <laughs> it really been that long? Go we, us. Yeah. We started in December last year. So hey. yeah. Hey. Um, but yeah, just looking at how those things connect and when you can start filling your tool bag with all of the things you know about yourself and just building those tools and making them more efficient, sharpening them every day. Um, mm. I think, that's a huge part of resiliency resiliency as well. So, yeah. And setting the intention, you know, (laughs) I think one thing I'm learning as I'm, as I've gotten older is that we really have the power to set the intention of how we want to show up in the world. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I was younger, I definitely felt I was so reactive to things and I sort of felt like life happened to you, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but as I've gotten older and I've sort of gotten a little bit more control over my emotions and, and learned a lot more about myself, I'm realizing that we as people, we really do have the ability to shape our reality based on how we show up and how we respond to things and what we tolerate, what we don't tolerate, what we give, what we don't give, you know? Um, yeah, just a, just a little side note there. Yeah. That I, I just, I find it fascinating, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's really interesting. And I think, you know, the more I I dive into this world and I think about how I show up in the world every single day, I can see the difference in people who are definitely thoughtful about it and people who are not. And for sure, I think as a coach, what I would love to be able to instill in people or what I do try to instill in people is that ability to, you know, decide every single day. Who do I want to be? How do I want to show up? 
Yeah, take decisive action. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love it. This was such a good discussion. Yay. Thank yeah, you for sharing yeah. that. Absolutely. That was great. So do you want to sum up a little bit kind of what some of the the tools are for building resiliency? Yeah. Um, so the first one is realizing that you can't solve problems with the same type of thinking or actions that created them. So um, not making the same mistakes over and over again, um, mastering your emotions before they master you, looking for your own meaning and your personal why and what's going on, getting tough, not bitchy, but getting tough. Mm -hmm. um, Understanding that failure is not falling down, but refusing to get up. Um, yeah, those are all the tips. Tips Love and tricks. It. And then I would add that, you know, accepting that that life comes with uh, adversity. You know, that mm -hmm. there will be times that are really, really challenging for you. And you can prepare yourself for that, for how you want to handle it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, awesome. Well, I love you. This was so great. I loved hearing about your um, car buying experience. I had wondered how that went for you. Yeah. Now <laughs> you're so glad you're back. <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy to be back. Um, yeah. So I'm wondering, what are your intentions for this week after your your little vacation week with your your daughter? Oh, I know. I miss her already. Um, my intention this week, gosh, I. Well, I'm just going to share this. It's a little bit um, nerve-wracking, but I actually have a job interview uh, this week mm -hmm. for a position that uh, I'm a little bit nervous about, actually. Um, yeah, so I'm. my intention is to just really try to prepare myself for that. And I love that you brought that up, prepare for the possibility of getting the job and not getting the job. Mm -hmm. That's a really good reminder for me because I've been yeah. feeling a lot of pressure about it. So, yeah, yeah. I like that. So I'm going to think on that one. That's my focus this week. Awesome. What about you? We'll be sending you lots of good vibes. Um, this week, I'm really focused on, well, I'm just going to be really honest. I've had a lot of stress. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the two things I mentioned, but also just everything else that's been going on in my life. And um, I'm, I'm seeing a chiropractor and I'm carrying all of that stress in my, my jaw uh, my mm -hmm. TMJ muscle has become yeah. very tight. I'm experiencing a lot of pain and headaches. Um, so I was told by my doctor that I need to start going with the flow. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> that was her prescription to me was to go with the flow. Um, I wanted to slap her, but I, I didn't. <laughs> I, I was... <laughs> did not. Oh, resiliency, um, resiliency, resiliency. That's right. So this week I'm really focused on what does that mean for me? What does going with the flow mean? And how can I be more mindful about the stress that I'm taking on in my body and how I can kind of dissipate some of that so I'm not feeling pain anymore? Um, Great. Yeah. So that's my focus for the week and my intention. Um, we would love to hear your intentions. If you want to share with us, uh, we have a Facebook group called girl, get it together. And that is our community where we talk about intentions and anything that's going on. We share memes, um, and just encourage each other. And if you like this podcast, we would love, uh, for you to share it with your friends. Also, if you would like to, we would love a rating or review from you on iTunes. And, uh, you can also find us on Stitcher and Spotify. Yeah, and we'd love to hear from you if you have questions, you have comments, if there's a specific topic we have not covered that you'd like to hear about, please drop us a line. And we will talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Have a great week, guys. Be kind to yourselves. Bye. Bye.